Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 66 I've titled, The Path to Repentance. Every event in Scripture is recorded to teach us one of two things, a faithful and obedient example of a God-pleasing life, or a wanting to avoid the consequences of sin. Let's get started with these two verses. Romans 15, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the culmination of the ages has come. When we know and see the warning signs, we are able to resist the temptations and avoid the consequences of sin like that of David. Here are a couple of warning signs for us to learn from the episode in David's life. First, David stopped fulfilling God's plan and purpose for his life. And second, David coveted and took instead of trusting God to give. The Bible says our thoughts will govern our words and actions. When we think about godly things, the choices in our lives will reflect goodness and righteousness. When we think about worldly things, such as the desires of our flesh, we will seek to gratify these desires with pleasure. So let's see how this all started with David, and at the same time, consider God's plan and purpose for our own life that we should not take a break from. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1, 2, and 3. Verse 1. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. David took a break from fulfilling God's plan and purpose for his life. God had called David to defeat all of Israel's enemies, so their evil and wicked lives would not corrupt the people of God, and so the people could live in peace, worshiping God in purity and holiness. When David's mind was not focused on fulfilling his mission from God, his mind was open to explore his own choices, and the sinful desires of his heart captivated his thinking. The same is true for every Christian today. We all have a mission from God that God wants us to complete that advance his kingdom upon the earth. Some Christians don't even know what God's call is upon their life. They think they can be saved and then carry on living just like they did before they knew Jesus. Other Christians understand their mission, but they can't keep their minds focused on God's plan. They are so focused on what this world has to offer that they chase after these pleasures instead of doing God's will. Let's continue with verses 2 and 3. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, 
and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. David had determined in his heart to have Bathsheba as his wife, so he took another man's wife by getting rid of the other man. Afterwards, in 2 Samuel 12, we read that the Lord sent Nathan, a prophet and advisor to David, to confront David of his sin through a story. David initially is unaware that the man in the story he is hearing is the account of his sin with Bathsheba. Verse 5. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. Then in verse 7, Nathan says to David, You are the man. Confronted with his sin of adultery and murder, David confesses to Nathan in verse 13. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. The Lord also said that out of his own household he was going to bring calamity on David and that the sword would never leave his house. David was devastated. Now I think that we all get to this point in our faith at one time or another. It might not be as disastrous a sin as adultery and murder, but at some point we hear the words, you are the man or you are the woman, and words like that strike deep within us. We look at ourselves and are horrified at what we've done, who we've become. At that point, we are ready for repentance, turning our hearts back to God. David says, I have sinned against the Lord. And in Psalm 51, we find out those words are out of his deep grief and shock and his desire to return to God. We have Psalm 51 and it teaches us how to respond when we are drawn into repentance. Romans 2 verse 4 says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. David knew this and starts his repentance in Psalm 51 like this, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. We often think that it's God's judgment that leads us to repentance. We know he's angry, and we want to duck the lightning bolt. But that's not it. True repentance comes from knowing the goodness of God. Verses 3 and 4. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Here David offers no excuses. David is seeing the big picture. His slide into self-serving lust and deceit and murder began with a slide away from God and God's purpose for his life. We can be full of excuses and explanations. I was tired, caught off guard, I was drunk and didn't know what I was doing, my spouse isn't treating me right, and so on. This is not David. No excuses, no explanations, 
just a full and complete confession, a confession of his sin, a confession of his bent character. Verse 7. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. He begs God to cleanse him with hyssop. Hyssop was part of the ritual of the priest declaring a healed leper clean. David is not saying he made a slip up. He is saying he is sick, unclean as a leper, and he's asking for healing and purification. Verse 8 and 9. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. True repentance is a gift from God. Verses 10 through 12. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. In these verses, David says that he doesn't just want his sin removed, he wants his sinful nature changed. He wants God to renew him from the inside in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, grant me a willing spirit. It's not about ducking the lightning bolt, it's about relationship. David's relationship with God is so precious to him, he can't bear to lose it. Nor does he want to lose the presence of the Holy Spirit. No longer just limited to kings and prophets, the Holy Spirit today indwells everyone who is a Christian. Grieving the Holy Spirit for most Christians is unbearable and a driving force towards confession, since it is he who convicts the world of sin. David doesn't beg to keep his kingdom, his power, his wives, or his possession. He begs to keep the presence of the Holy Spirit. We too need to be continually filled with the Spirit. Verses 15 through 17. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, so I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. No ritual, you see but a broken and humbled heart. God is not impressed with sacrifice or extravagant giving if it's just to cover a heart that is far from him. This is repentance, a focus on God and his mercy, a focus on healing the broken relationship, a brokenness over who you are and what you have done. The good news is that God does not leave us to wallow in our guilt. He wants to restore relationship as much as we do, even more than we do. 1 John 1 verse 9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Real repentance is complete when we wholeheartedly pledge to turn from our old behavior and move towards righteous ways. God knows we won't live perfectly, but he looks for a surrendered heart that diligently seeks to obey him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for not abandoning us to our mistakes, but for reaching out instead to bring us home. 
Help convict us of sin and help us to accept your mercy without shame. Thank you for the love you have poured out for us, your children. Help us to live out of that love today. In Jesus' name, amen. <music>